What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Whitetail Edge Podcast, a podcast designed to make you a better whitetail hunter. Now, your host, Ben Rising, and myself, Dylan Gandy. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Whitetail Edge Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Gandy, joined by the other host here, Ben Rising. What's up? Oh, not much. Long time no see. Yeah, it's been a while. I haven't seen you in a little bit. A lot of changes here lately. I know. In the life of Dylan. I know. Yeah, so I got, I got a job here at uh, Novix, which I'm really excited about because I still have an opportunity to um, be with Whitetail Edge and, and do the editing there. And as you guys maybe have seen that we've put out our first episode. Um, but yeah, a lot of change and um, a lot of exciting things down the pipe. And um, I'm just following where the where the good Lord's leading me. Yep. And I'm still the old timber buyer. <laughs> just walking his little legs off. Yeah. <laughs> Over the hills and far away. <laughs> oh, man. No, we're uh, we're really happy you guys tuned into another episode here. I know we've been inconsistent, and this year has just been a little bit different, I guess. Um, hopefully, we can get into more of well, a Well, there's so many podcasts for people to listen to. You know, little white-tail edges yeah. on their bottom of their list, but... Yeah, not for some people though. We've had some people reaching out and asking, you know, when we're going to put out the next episode. So I, I do, I, you know, we do have some faithful listeners that yeah. we haven't been it. big about having guests. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's just kind of difficult to line up. Yeah. Our schedules are inconsistent, and then trying to match it up with somebody else. It's we don't do all the controversial stuff like Jeremy and Jared do on <laughs> We Are Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're... We don't interview poachers first. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> easy, easy, easy. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy. I just had to throw that in. Yeah, that was just a joke. But uh, so yeah, man. No. So what's been up? I don't know, but saying talking about that, who knows what's going to happen with that deal? Like you know, the, oh the CJ Alexander, yeah, yeah. Which you know, I mean, there could be some stuff come out that the kids in, like I don't know, like, yeah. Who knows where it's at at this point? It's just sad that it's even come to that point, and hopefully, it's not as bad as it sounds. But doesn't sound good from what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I, I hope for the deer's sake that um, it was all legit. But man, it's. Uh, Every time, like I hear something new about it, I'm like, oh, that doesn't match what you told anybody. Yeah, and um, I never did listen to the podcast. I just saw that they had interviewed him. Yeah, well, I saw a YouTube video someone put out, and they had like kind of summarized what happened in the podcast and like how his post and stuff matched up, and like literally none of it made sense. Really? Um, one thing that I did hear, and I and this is all just hearsay, guys. I don't have any proof, but I I heard like he shot the deer. And then the night before, someone had a trail cam picture of it of like 22 miles away. Oh. So. Gotcha. I don't know. Flying reindeer. Do you, did you, I haven't heard other, do you know if supposedly it was shot at night or was it just shot like during the day, but like he was trespassing okay. or something? So I'll keep it, I'll summarize it here, but supposedly he um, was hunting on his sister's property. All she has is CRP grass and two ponds. That's it on her parcel. Um, no woods. So all the pictures I apparently are taken in a, in a big timber setting uh, for one, for two, it was shot and he didn't, he, he didn't recover it until morning, but all of his pictures with the deer are at, at night. night. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, yeah, he could have waited, I guess. I don't know why you would till dark, but let's just give him the benefit of the doubt that he did. Yeah. But a lot of people are arguing there's like no rigor mortis in the deer. Like he's effort, mm. effortlessly turning it with one arm, it looks like in pictures and his neck's bending, you know. Um, 
And then, you know, that Keith Snyder, he's a big whitetail collector in, o- in Ohio. He owns, like, the General. Okay. Um, all kinds of. The General's one of my favorite bucks. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, it's an awesome deer. But um, he owns, like, this huge collection of some super legendary deer. And he paid, apparently paid CJ twenty plus thousand dollars for this deer uh, antlers. And they got taken from Keith. So this dude's, like, out twenty plus thousand dollars. Hmm. As of right now, I don't know. Wow. Yeah, the ODNR, I guess, came to his house in the middle of the night and t- took it. rack. Dude, they take that stuff pretty serious, man. Yeah. I mean, sucks for Keith, you know. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you... You got to do your due diligence, yeah. though, on, you know, well, you're talking that much money. But I guess the thing is, is like, he would, he would, he thought all the reason in the world to think that it was fine, you know? Yeah. And who knows? I mean, sometimes... And that bidding could have gone way up, too. So maybe he was just trying to get a deal on it, you know? Yeah. Because he said if it was like if um, there was a message circulating, a message uh, screenshot from Keith to CJ, and he was like, this is what I'm going to offer you. If Boone and Crockett scores it this way, it's a guaranteed more $10,000. No kidding. I'm like, holy crap. Wow. It's just hard to believe those racks are worth that much money. Yeah, it is. Well, some, you know, so everybody collects something different. and Yeah. You know. So from what I've heard is that Keith has some ties with Bass Pro and Kind of, and again, hearsay, but it comes from a pretty good source. But he has some ties with Bass Pro, and it's kind of like Bass Pro funds. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but they're all in his basement, which yeah, is just kind of a weird situation. Yeah, but maybe they get replicas made. But yeah. it's hard to say. I don't know, but that would be a cool. You know, and then the on. thing is too is like in defense of Jeremy and them, they had no idea. Yeah, no, they I didn't mean, know. how would they know? Yeah. You know, how would anybody know? Like, yeah. we may be talking this right now, and then two weeks from now, find out the kid's innocent. Yep. You just don't know. Yeah. Like, so I guess you got to be careful what you say. But I don't know. Did you happen to – one thing that I do want to mention about We Are Hunter, did you listen to the Chris Brackett podcast that yeah. they did? Yep. That was – I think that's one of my favorite podcasts I ever listened to. Yeah, it was a great podcast. I thought so, too. Yeah. I mean, I – I had a, I had honestly had a stigma or a, some kind of feeling about Chris – after hearing what he done, um, and I think he he cleared that up. Yeah, well, I think everybody did. Yeah. Well, he even says like, if you'd have known the old Chris Brackett, yeah, well, if you knew the old Dylan Gandy too, that's what I'm you saying. Wouldn't like him so, either. like, and that's where because I even commented on We Are Hunters Instagram page, you know, about like, hey, we've all done something wrong, whether it's in the wildlife world or wildlife industry or in our life. We've all messed up big time somewhere. Oh, yeah. And if you're going to say you didn't you're or you're liar. not a sinner, you're a liar. Yep. So, but like everybody can find redemption. And, you know, unfortunately, Chris is, is just, it's really hard for him to come back from this because of what his livelihood was. Mm-hmm. And, but to see him, he'll you know, be, he'll be back. Yeah. Dude, the dude has so much knowledge mm-hmm. about deer. Like he's, it's like I've always said, and like you know, like what Mark Drury's old saying was: "There's people that like to hunt. There's hunters and there's killers." Chris is a straight up killer. Mm-hmm. He just is. Yep. And so, and and he, I I think I relate to Chris a lot in the way that he hunts, in a sense of that you could drop him anywhere and he'll kill a buck. And it's not all he loves habitat and stuff now and things like that. But Chris is just a good hunter. The kid, the dude grew up just killing everything. Mm-hmm. So. You know, take all that aside, he still has so much knowledge. And now that he's seen the side of how he was and what he, where he was wrong, and now to be right, sometimes the best 
people and the best people for a, I guess, a, a witness come from that. Oh, yeah. You know, and so like so many young people can, you know, he can really guide future people now in a sense of like, hey, man, don't act like that. Don't mm-hmm. do this. Don't yeah, he, don't do, you know. He really humbled himself. He did, 100%. And if anybody didn't think so, like, dude, he put it out there, like 100%. Nothing to hide. Nothing. Yeah, Yeah, he made himself look bad, honestly, but in a good way. In a good way. You know, and what what I found most touching was the part where he basically said he'd never, he knew, he knew about Jesus and all that, but he didn't know the gospel. Mm -hmm. He didn't know what it really truly meant. And like how he talked about how he was a product of generational type, yeah, you know, abuse, and, abuse yeah. and things. And I mean, dude, that stuff is true. Oh yeah. And he has now the chance to break that curse. Yep. Like he really does, and I think he sees that. And so, like, for me, it's you know, kudos to Chris, oh, yeah. and and I and kudos to Jeremy and uh, Jared for bringing it out on We Are Hunter and giving him that opportunity and. You know, I'm glad that Jared and Chris were able to get together and meet and talk before they did this. And so Jared and them could, you know, and I just think it was good for Chris. Like it's been a long time coming for him to get his story out to everybody because imagine what he's dealt with the last five, six years of having to carry this on his shoulders and how people have been thinking about him. And, you know, I mean, and I'm not going to lie, like, I, I used to have my own opinions of Chris because I would see him at shows, and he acted cocky, and, mm-hmm. you know. But he'll tell you he was like Yeah, that, and that's what know? I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it just, but like he said, he was on top of the world, and he was, you know. But just to hear him spout it all out about how the industry works and sponsors and, you know, mm-hmm. like, dude, it's all true. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, and that's why we've been so careful of certain sponsors, like, who we get with. And I mean, you still get used at times. There's like, there's no doubt about it. And you don't get paid sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like people will literally sit there and, you know, do that. And then, um, you know, look you in the eye, tell you they're going to pay you and they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a moment and take a break and we'll get right back. But yeah, so I can relate a lot with Chris myself too, because, um, you know, geez, I hated the person that I used to be too. And I know a lot of people probably didn't like me either the way I acted and, mm-hmm. and even treated people at times. But, um, once you know the gospel, man, and you get saved, I mean, the old you dies and, you know, there were Christians that were terrified of, of Saul and then he became Paul Yeah, he became and, Paul, and became one of the greatest yeah. uh, disciples of all time. Exactly. So, um, yeah, no, it's, and, and forgiven. I, yeah. A hundred percent. And you know, you're still going to, we're still going to be rough around the edges and yeah. you know what I'm saying? So it's like... You can't like, put your faith in people. Yeah. Like in, in where I've, one thing that I really resonate with what he said is about trusting people. Mm-hmm. Like I've felt that so bad, like in the years of like how many people you really, truly can trust mm-hmm. with things, you know? And I mean, I'm fortunate that I have a fair bit that I can, but it's funny how just little things can happen and man, that all goes out the door and like, you don't really, you know, who does really have your back? Yep. Like who is standing there for you? You know? And I mean, you, most people can probably count those people on one or two hands, you know, that really are going to be there for him all the time, no matter what, through whatever, like, like he said, he goes, his mom (laughs) was the one that was, you know, there for him and didn't, you know, and uh, it's bad enough. It's just like when you mess up, you know, you messed up Mm -hmm. and you know, um, 
but I just think it was great that his eyes were opened and his heart was open to change. Mm-hmm. That's what I that's what I think is the best about it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. We didn't really have any plans. We never come in with a plan on this podcast, but I'm di- I'm glad you brought that up because I mean, really, that's kind of a big deal in our industry. That podcast that just happened, that interview. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That was a that was a, definitely a good listen. Yeah. So. And so if you haven't listened to it, go to We Are Hunter and uh, check it out. And uh, just in case anybody doesn't know, like the deer grow that we use. Um, Jeremy's one of the owners of that, mm-hmm. Jeremy Flynn on We Are Hunter podcast. So, and if you haven't checked out Deer Grow, check it out because the stuff is great. Yep. And, uh, we've got some new things coming this year. Just kind of going to, I might as well bring that out now, like as to what people are going to see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously people are seeing, we're putting our content out earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest changes for us this year is, um, we've had some, Basically some, you know, changes with the brand as far as, you know, like how I'm doing things and, you know, who's involved and whatnot, but, um, which in return has meant some of the relationships we've had in the past, you know, as far as sponsors, some of it has to change. Um, not a ton of them, just really one major one and was, which is Spartan. And I just want to, you know, and it's, it's a, not a bad breakup at all. I mean, mm-hmm. literally, Spartan has been great to work with, with me. They've supported us for a long time. Um, great cameras, yep. you know, so don't think anything of this that like, cause we're switching. Um, it's just basically, uh, because I've done something different, um, had a, a really good opportunity to pick up some more brands to help our show, bring more things. And part of that, I had to, you know, do a different camera, Mm-hmm. Um, some, like I said, bringing different, you know, people into this brand is, and it's changed some things. And so long story short, you know, we're no longer going to be using Spartan cameras. Uh, we'll be using the stealth cams. Um, and they are a really good cell cam. I mean, I, you know, and they're really affordable. Um, I'm just really starting to, you know, fool with them mm-hmm. now and, I think it's going to be a very relatable product to a lot of the guys on our on our platform that watch us. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and again, there was nothing wrong with Spartan whatsoever as far as like the the quality and things. It's just you know we're going to be doing uh, <clears throat> stealth cam, sog knives, um, boss buck feeders. So like when we're doing our supplemental feeding in the summer and things, we're going to be showing you know the boss buck. Uh, Tenzing, which we've used Tenzing for years. You've seen that, and they've mm-hmm. been a small partner here and there. Um, but now they're becoming a bigger partner, um, which I'm really excited about that. Yep. Um, yep. Avian. Avian X, yep. So, and really happy about that because, you know, we don't do a lot of turkey stuff, but with... Um, we do have, like, what, three years of content, though, right yeah, now that we could... Probably. Well, and my buddy... His name's Buddy. So my buddy, <laughs> buddy, buddy Stafford, who owns Spur, um, you know that they can use that. Con- However, but I mean, like we've always used AVNX in that platform, and um, and I don't know if anybody's ever checked out Spur brand or not, but they should. It's one of the coolest turkey apparel's out there, and you know, Buddy has a lot of different stuff on his site, and I'm a very, very small owner in that, and actually, I feel horrible because, like, I'm just not involved in it. Buddy does Mm -hmm. it all. Buddy and Justin, they do most of it, 
and you know it is what it is but um buddy's a dear friend and just a really good dude and uh it almost makes sense though because i mean i know you kind of feel bad about that but they are so turkey obsessed yeah that it just makes sense yeah no and i mean it is what it is it's just um you know but if you haven't checked out spur brand check it out um and they they you know have great content and i know they they killed a bunch of turkeys last year justin and buddy and those guys for filming this year and so seeing where that i'm I'm not sure where they're going to put it this year 100 percent if it'll be on mossy oak go again or what they're going to do but have to have a conversation with buddy on that but um check it out they got cool hats cool shirts it's just an awesome lifestyle brand Yeah, yeah yeah and um but yeah, so anyways, I mean, you know, we've used Avian X for years with that mm-hmm. stuff. And, uh, you know, my buddy Fred Zink actually, you know, he started that company years ago with Zink Calls. And, um, you know, Fred's a great dude. And so exciting to be able to use his product, you mm-hmm. know. You've, we've used Boss Buck. I mean, yeah. yeah, we have Boss Buck feeders. All these just make sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We've got Boss yeah. Buck feeders on a lot of farms. And, and for people that don't understand, I mean, this content is free to the, the end consumer. The yeah. Whitetail Edge content is free. So, I mean, it's got to make some sense for you, you know? Yeah. So. Well, yeah, and that's just it, too. Like, everybody's like, well, you know, and I know people get touchy when you switch brands and things, but, man, it is a business. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not. This is a marketing. Let's tool. not lie about it. I've always said, and Whitetail Edge is a marketing tool for my sponsors. It just is. I mean, it's a, it's a way and in result, we try to give really good deer hunting information to the public for free. Mm-hmm. Like we don't charge, we don't have clubs, we don't have, you know, pay this and you get this insight. It's not, it's all free. Mm-hmm. I give up everything I know for nothing. Yeah. Um, Still not going to push crap though. No, you know? no, I'm not going to. And, you know, I've turned other brands down to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, was offered some this year already and I just, no, I'm not going to do that. And because uh, I don't like it, and I don't think it's cheap, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't think it'll help my viewers. Yep. Um, but you know, this industry is changing a lot, and it's tell you, man, it, the sponsorship side of things. And you know, I saw a post the other day where a guy had made fun of like, you know, basically influencers taking pictures of their deer where they stack a bunch of product in front of a deer, and I get it; it does look corny. You know, we've tried to get away from that. Mm-hmm. But when you're young and you're like trying to get into this industry and you're trying to make a name and you do whatever it takes to keep the bills paid, mm-hmm. you know, on that end of it. Because like with me, with Whitetail Edge, it's like I'm not going to do it if it can't sustain itself. Yep. I mean, it costs money. Like that's the thing that people like it costs money to give it to you to watch for free. A substantial amount. You know, and yeah. so like that money has to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, our tags, our time, our, Editing you know, fees exactly. And, yeah, it's I mean, just, and so, you know, I'm trying to like resonate so that the people out there watching our show don't just look at us like, oh, these guys are just doing this for the money or they're just a commercial or, well, we're not trying to be, but we have to be to a degree, mm-hmm. but we try to, we try to stick to the stuff that we truly do feel works. Like it's not just a gimmick. Yep. Just like Black Widow, I mean, you know, and like the the results that people get with Black Widow. I mean, you're always going to get somebody that says, well, I went out and I sprayed it or I put it in a scrape and I didn't get anything. Well, 
that could happen. Yeah. But sometimes it depends on where you're at and where you put your scrape or what you're doing. There's so many different things to that. You still got to know deer, man. You're not going to spray it and they're going to come Yeah, running. it's not like you're just going to walk <laughs> out in your backfield yeah. and just, okay, I'm going to sit right here in the middle of this field. I'm going to start spraying Black Widow out and bucks are going to come run me over. Yeah. I mean, you know, it doesn't... be awesome. But... Yeah, but... It's just not how it works. It's I mean, like, it's just, you ever seen the Diet Mountain Dew commercial with uh, Dale, Earn, Dale Earnhardt? It was the Dale call. <laughs> this guy's blowing a duck call, and it just sounds like a regular duck call. And this other guy beside him pulls out this like three foot duck call. And he's like, What is that? And he goes, It's the Dale call. <laughs> and he blows it, and it sounds like a uh, NASCAR engine revving up. And all of a sudden, Dale Earnhardt Jr. comes <laughs> blasting out of the the marsh and his, <laughs> and his NASCAR, and all these animals are running. <laughs> seen that <laughs> i need a dale call oh, shoot. <laughs> i don't when how old was that it's, i don't know it's not that old really yeah. you'll have huh. to look it up it's pretty funny i will but, have to text dale and tell him to send me the video <laughs> but um yeah so yeah just some exciting things and obviously that's why we're putting the show out a little early well yeah some of it but i think we're gonna start moving to more of that like um and, you know, I'm, I'm curious what people's opinions are on that. Like, do they, you know, having the content earlier? Some people really like just putting it out in July because it got them pepped up mm-hmm. for deer season. But I would say the majority hated waiting. Yeah. You know, I've kind of got an idea and I don't know if it'll work this year or not. We're going to have to see. But one of my ideas this year is to, if Javen has the time, because like he might be able to be in the States more this coming year. Mm-hmm. One of my ideas was more... Uh, kind of like some guys do is more of like that real time yep. uh, being in the field and updates on YouTube and mm-hmm. Mossy Oak Go and stuff like kind of and on social, mm-hmm. like putting our week together yep. in a short edited, you know, like this is what's happened this week or right. if we kill or whatever, and then still have some, you know, still have an episode about it, mm-hmm. but like it can all be there more real time and live, like on DeerCast and stuff too. Yeah. Yep. I think that would resonate with our viewers good yeah. i don't know what do you what do you think yeah i think uh i think we need to i think you need to evolve in all walks of life really but i mean i think especially in an in entertainment industry i need to quit walking on all fours and get on two. <laughs> yeah we, we got to keep up you know yeah. i mean everyone yeah i mean i've out. always stayed in my lane like yeah. ben rising is ben rising and this is what whitetail edge is and it's about education and hunting you know, trying to hunt as mature a deer as possible and, you know, not knocking anybody that's not just basically trying to teach people to hunt deer in general. But, um, I do see that like, you know, I have room for, I I could, you know, take this a little farther, a little deeper. And, you know, a lot of it's just been time and cause I don't do this just for a living. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm in the timber business, you know, it's, it's takes a lot. Um, trying to keep enough timber for three logging crews, you know, and I got three really good logging crews, so they're, Mm -hmm. they eat wood, (laughs) you know? And so, um, trying to keep them busy and, you know, enough ahead and the markets are, the timber business is just a weird industry lately. You know, lumber markets are not that great, but timber prices are high and it's just been competitive and it's really tough. And I, we live in the worst area in the world to buy timber. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> we just do because there's so much competition yeah. there. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It is very competitive. I mean, it's literally ridiculous what yeah. trees are selling for here in Northeast Ohio. And, uh, but, you know, long story short, it's just I feel like on the whitetail edge side of things, I could start doing some things differently. And, 
you know, we're going to try and see how it goes. And, you know, having you involved more like, you know, editing and being a part of the team, I think has been good. Um, now that you work for, you know, Mark at Novix, I mean, that, you know, that's more up your alley being able to be hands on mm -hmm. and Mark's allowing, you know, the time for you still to spend to do whitetail edge and, you know, and that's kind of great because, you know, you know, Mark is, you know, my, one of my best friends. And so having him involved on this side of things with, and that's kind of where I was talking about, you know, some of the brand changes and things and, you know, whatnot, like having Mark involved is big, you know, and, um, as far as just being my buddy and, you know, us two being able to rub shoulders more and Mark being on the show and doing things and, you know, just, it's fun. It seems right. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and you know, like you and like Dwayne moved here now to work for Novix. I'm telling you, man, God's got his hand in oh, this. Oh, yeah. And then John, you know, just... John moved from Vermont and, yeah. you know, Dan's son, John, and, you know, John helps out at the warehouse now too. And, you know, so yeah. it's just... It's like a family. Yeah, but John works in the insurance industry. So like NFP, who is one of our sponsors, John and Dan work for them. So like in the outdoor, for, for like we've always talked, anybody needing outdoor insurance and like that's one of our keys to getting access to land. It truly yeah. is, is having that insurance. Yeah, I mean, it's the number one reason I hear nowadays as to why they won't give me permission. And yeah, and then you're like, wah, wah. Yeah, check this out. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> dang. They don't expect that. <laughs> yeah, they don't. Yeah, so uh, it's just then, another feather in the cap or a tool in your toolbox to you know shut them down. Yeah, that's one of my strategies. Is I always think of like what reasons they're going to tell me no on, and I already have it in my mind how I'm going to combat that at the at the door or on the yeah. phone. So, and that's one of them. That's a big one. Yeah. My grandson hunts here. Oh well, I already talked to your grandson. Yeah. And he said that he said he's he... not going to hunt this year. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he said he quit, actually. Yeah, he said he's giving it up. Yeah. <laughs> Sign here, please. Yeah. See, this is a letter from him right here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sir, he's six. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, but no, it's like, you know, access is definitely becoming an issue. I've heard a lot of people complaining about it, and, and, and it is. The industry is really, the hunting in, in itself has become different. Um, access to land is tougher and I feel for a lot of people that don't be able to just have that access you know but I'm telling you like there's still people that give permission like you just got to get out there mm -hmm. like it amazes me how many people I still can find that will let you hunt their property oh yeah I know you know really yeah. you you find new stuff yeah. every year and it's crazy like some of them are actually extremely good pieces yeah. I mean I picked up that 35 acre piece this year dude I had like three really good deer on it yeah one of them is going to be a freaking giant if he makes it yeah so i, I mean, mean it, a giant but you were relentless in your time but it's still out there i mean and so many people are just stuck to hunting the same piece the same farm that's it yeah and it's yeah. like and they won't get off they, they want to complain yeah about nobody you know everything's getting leased or bought up or but they don't want to do anything about it yeah like they don't want to change their situation. Yeah, I and that nobody can do that. Like you just have to be, ex you have to be willing to be told no. Yeah, and you may have to drive an hour. Mm -hmm. Like that's what so many people don't understand. A lot of the bucks I've killed in Ohio were over an hour away from my house. Yep, I drove an hour this year. You know, they're thinking that I'm killing them in the hills right there by my house, but I'm not. Yep. Some of them I'm not because that area is totally different than it was ten years ago. Used to be, yeah, I didn't have to go hardly seven miles. Now I got to go and go. Yeah. And we just lost one of our best farms this year because it sold. So now I got 
I got door knocking to do this recoup. year. It's yep. a goal. I mean, I, I got to find more places. Yeah, that and, was a killer form, too. That was one of the best. You uh, know. But it's like the public thing, like, I think some guys, and I think it's a, honestly a small handful that are actually passionate about hunting public, and they're good at it, and it shows. But I think the majority is like, oh, you couldn't do it on public. Well, those are the same guys that would not go knock. But, dude, I went and hunted public in Kentucky, and it freaking sucked. Like, it was awful. I barely saw any deer on a spot that was literally a brand-new public piece. Um, I mean, it just sucked. So. And you, were, you weren't you were being lazy either. I mean, you were sending me Dude, pins where you were hunting. And, I mean, you sucked. were walking into good areas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were awesome. There should have been deer there, but there just wasn't. And um, so I said, screw this, man. I got two permissions down there. Yeah. That were, like, right there. You got sick of it and start, and you yeah. went door knocking. Yeah, I was like, this is dumb. I ain't yeah. doing this. And see, and that's I just don't have the time. Everybody has that opportunity. It's just they'd rather just comment and say you couldn't do that on public or yeah. whatever. But, you know, used to be, like I said in the past, and I filmed it on Drury's before where I was hunting public and killed really big deer. I, and a lot of times, back in the early days, dude, we killed a lot of deer on public, but we didn't want people to know. Right. Like, it was a quiet thing then. You didn't want people knowing you were hunting public. Yeah. Because they could go hunt it, too. Well, now it's just a... Because it was a secretive thing. Like, for us, it was like we hid our public spots. We didn't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like, you literally would lie through your teeth as to where you killed the deer when somebody would ask. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I killed it over on Aunt Gretchen's farm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boy, yeah. that's a hell of a farm. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, and truthfully, you killed it on Muskingum Watershed property or something. You mm-hmm. know, and it's like... Um, but you just didn't want to tell people that because yeah. they'll horn in on you and which, you know, you go traipsing in middle of the dark way early, clear back in there. What'd you say? It was like a mile and a Dude, half. So I got there in the parking lot. There was one other vehicle and it was November 11th. One of my f- favorite days. I'm like, this is awesome. It's cold. I literally had to walk. This is no lie. I marked it on DeerCast maps. It was a mile and a half back. Um, that was just that it was the best way to get there. Uh, I had, I had to go back there. It just looked like a dynamite spot for the rut. I get back there a mile and a half. It's early. It's dark. I didn't bump anything getting in. I already had my Novix hung from the night before. And I'm literally 20 yards from my tree stand and I hear good morning. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) This guy has the loudest conversation with me ever. And I'm, he's like, is your stand nearby? And I'm like, it's literally right there. Like, look, it's right there. And he goes, oh, well, I'll get out of here. I was just uh, taking a break. So I'm like, all right, good luck. I'm like, on it. I get up in my stand and he walks and he like walks right where all the deer, I assume, are going to come from. And I'm like, this just sucks. Yeah. So I was like, I sat there for like 30 minutes and I was like, I got to take a dump. I took a dump and left. <laughs> <laughs> I went back home. <laughs> Well, you know, and it's like, I, I do think though, like some of the way, like some of the hunting public guys and them hunt though is a little different. Like they're, 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 they're on passionate. Their, they're well, and they're on their feet. Yeah. Like they're moving around going to, you know, they're looking, um, they're, I don't think they're necessarily so much hanging stands and like hunting those specific spots. Like those guys are pretty aggressive and mm-hmm. moving from spot to spot, spot and stock, you know, bumping deer, doing whatever they and and that's just what they really are passionate about. That's their thing. Yeah, but and here's the thing: those guys aren't the guys that are saying, "Well, you couldn't do it on public land." Yeah, those guys would rather hunt public land. I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, same with whitetail adrenaline. Those yeah. guys, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. That dude's good. Yeah. yeah those guys are killers. Man. Yeah. I mean, and they they're prepared for the failures and the success that comes with it. Yeah. You know, um, but you know, they're not just hunting. You know, they're hunting all over though. Like there, because there oh, is like I mean, they're pounding pavement. Like when you go to different states, especially the west, or more west, dude. There is vast, vast acres of public land, mm-hmm. and. You know, you get into, and even like down south, there's some giant areas of public land where a lot of these guys are finding and hunting. And, you know, it's almost like some of it's untouched. Yeah. But you get into these northeast states like Ohio, you know, um, Indiana, Pennsylvania, Michigan. Man, they're they're pounded. Even Kentucky now. Kentucky used to be a lot less, but people are, you know, they say there's less hunters, but man, I sure don't see it. Yeah, I don't know if there's less hunters or literally if just there's less land, yeah. less opportunity. I don't know what it is, but man, it seems like everywhere we go, there's people. I mean, I noticed it this year in Illinois. I saw more pickup trucks this year around the areas that I hunt than I have ever seen in my life. Ohio has to be completely different from when you were. 20. Oh my gosh, it's you can't even imagine. Yeah, like it's especially like where I live. I mean, you know, fifteen, sixteen years ago. Even 12 years ago, and I've said it a hundred times, you know, 10 years ago, I'd get pictures of big bucks all the time on different properties, you know, multiple shooters. This year, hardly any, hmm. literally hardly any. I mean, it's it's sickening. But it's it's like so weird. It's so hard to figure out because you see so many giants getting killed. And I don't know if it's but just... they're all not all in one area. I mean, it's the state is always going to produce big deer. I just don't... Well, I, what I was getting at was like, is it because of our easy access to social media and people showing it? Were there this many big deer being killed back then? I guess I need to look at the numbers and figure yeah. that out. But. Well, so many people didn't post them, though. Yeah. Like, and a lot of guys don't enter them. I've never entered a single deer. Yeah. And it ain't because anything illegal. Like, I heard somebody say something about Spook Span. You, know, you never notice he never enters any of them? You know, because everybody thinks everything Spook does is illegal. You know? And... Maybe some people think that way. I don't know. But I don't know the guy enough to say. Right. But just because he doesn't enter him, I don't think doesn't mean he's doing it all illegal. Yeah. I really don't. I mean, and whether he's paying people big finder's fees to find big deer, that's just what he likes to do. He likes to hunt big deer. Yeah. If he's willing to pay somebody 20 grand to find him a buck, well, I'd love to be that guy. There's just so much. I'll take that 20 grand. There's just so much hatred. (laughs) There is. Sickening. Yeah, I mean, like jealousy. And, but the guy's got to be a great hunter. I don't care what you say. Like, I don't care if he's hunting, you know, whatever. Like, I mean, he's a good hunter. The dude's determined. Yeah. I mean, he's got a drive like not a lot of people have. Just look at the dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's ripped. He's like, you don't just get ripped laying in bed and sitting on your couch eating potato chips. Right. Whether or not I'm you like proof. Him, <laughs> yeah. Whether or not you like him or not, the dude's got serious incentive. And I'll be honest. Spook has always been extremely nice to me anywhere I've ever seen him. Mm-hmm. He goes out of his way to shake my hand, talk to me. Super nice guy. It's crazy that some people are like that, even though they're so hated by so many. Because he doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't He doesn't live his life for other people. Mm-hmm. He lives his life for his wife, his kids, and Jesus. Yeah. He is a Christian. I know that. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and so, like, I, I've just learned not to judge people anymore, like, over it. It's just, you know... Whether you disagree with something, that's fine. But it doesn't mean you have to comment on it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you have to, you know, post about it or say the dude's a douchebag or that he killed that in a fence. And you don't even know. Yeah. You have no idea. 
That just like, you know, burns you live sometimes. in South Carolina. Yeah. You have no clue. Yep. Like, it's just craziness to me that, like, the hatred that people have for somebody else having some kind of success. Mm-hmm. You can sit there and look at a picture and be like, wow, that looks like a pen deer. <laughs> And laugh and move on. Doesn't yeah. mean you got to sit there and like, it's just like if you look at some of the political pages or like you follow Fox News or Donald Trump or whatever, and you just start to read some of the comments, dude, I can feel my blood boil in seconds and I instantly get off. People I'm just, like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? Because yeah. I start to reply and I'm like, this is stupid. I am falling for this and I just get off of it. Yeah. Because it's like they literally want to make you mad. Yeah, yeah, they're just looking for an argument. You know, you know. I don't know, like, stupid Trumpers. I don't know what you know, compels people honestly to. They hate their life. They have to. I guess. Like, literally, I, I think they wake up in the morning, and literally, like, you just look like such an idiot. To. I don't know. Want <laughs> The world is just so full of. Evil. Evil right now. Yeah. Dark forces and just. N- n- I don't know. Satan is like, he's at work big time right now. And I mean, it, it's, it's just the way it is. And I mean, you know, we don't have to go down that path, but I'm just saying like, it's, I don't think it's ever going to get better. No, no. I mean, and that's what just people have to be prepared for. You yep. know, I mean, they're look at them right now. They're trying to make sure that Trump can't get on the ballot. Yep. They're trying to do everything they can, you know, to, to stop anything good from happening. And it's just like, just like the Epstein list. How come that can never be exposed yet? It's because the right people are in place to block it. Mm-hmm. Because when it does finally come out, Yikes. it's going to yeah. list so many different people. Yeah. It's going to blow their minds. Yeah. And literally, and that's what Trump has always been trying to expose is those kinds of things. And, you know, some people are like, oh, he's fake. He's this or that. And I don't think he is. Hey, everyone loved him before he was president. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just, I don't know what to say. I mean, it. our choices are nil, and, you know, no no human being is going to save this. No. It's just not, you know, Trump's going to be, he's a, he, he'd be the best chance right now. But, you know, it's really going to be, it's, people have to put God back in their life. Yep. Like, that's where it's got to come from. Yeah, you, you know, put your faith in the right place. But, um, so, the first episode of White Tail Edge is out. Yeah, Ranger. Um, I've had a pretty good, awesome, actually an awesome response so yeah, far, which I'm have. super pumped because. Uh, so last year was my first season editing, and I feel like I kind of sucked at it, but I learned so much, like an incredible amount of how I really wanted this season to look. Um, I actually listened to people, <laughs> which was good, but um, I was really pleased with how episode one turned out. I think you were too. Yeah, no, I, I mean, not I, one bad comment, like. I don't. Are you deleting them? <laughs> because I literally have not seen one bad negative comment. Yeah, not one. I I haven't seen any on social media. Which is like that's mind blowing. Yeah, I only had one person say they didn't like it. Yeah. Well, wow. two, I guess. That's but, really good considering. Yeah, considering it's last forty thousand views already. Yeah. And uh, you know, and I, you know, I was getting racked a little bit because of the way I filmed it. Because I, you know, I just filmed it off my iPhone, yeah. but. Honestly, like the way that when where the deer was and like when he showed up, I wasn't going to move to get my camera arm all the way around the tree at this point and mess it up with that other buck at 20 yards coming to work that scrape. I just wasn't doing it. And I wasn't going to take the chance. And I had my phone on my painted arrow holder and I'm like, I can get this all right here. I'm not 
Because, like, dude, the, the neighbors were all over that deer. Mm-hmm. Dude, I would have I would have done the same thing. I mean, so it's like I'm sorry that it wasn't the best filmed hunt ever, but man, 212 15 inch deer, what are you gonna do? Like, I'm not, you know, I don't, I wasn't not gonna not shoot him on film. I mm-hmm. mean, I would have never done that, yep. but that saved my butt. Yeah. Well, I I think if you didn't have a story with the deer, it would have the episode would have sucked. Yeah. Because um, it would have been fast and, yeah, 100%. Yeah. But you had such a great story with Ranger. Yeah, and we and had a lot of more encounters with other deer and, you know, parts of that hunt that we could have put in there. But literally it becomes an hour-long episode, and that's what we got so many complaints about last year was that they were too long, mm-hmm. too much talking head, too long. So we've really tried to shorten them up this year. And I think some people like, you know, some people still like the long stuff, but most people don't. Yeah. They want the meat and potatoes Give us the general idea of what you were doing, what your tactics were, you know, et cetera. And, and just like this, you know, and it's like sometimes I'm guilty of not filming every little thing I do. But I had made that mock scrape the day I got there to hunt him and went to the back of that field, you know, and it was hot. Like I didn't kill him back there, but I made this mock scrape right on the edge of that little tiny plot and because I knew they were going to start using it. Or would at some point right there. And that is exactly where I killed him two and a half days later. Yep. I mean, he come right to that scrape. Yeah. And that was a black Which I put that clip in. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that small buck come over to work it. And when Ranger showed up in the corner, he saw that buck going to work that scrape and it ticked him off. Yep. And I had noticed a lot of the other mature deer had all of a sudden started falling off the cameras. And I talk about that a lot. Like in videos in the past, like those big mature deer and their core, that's what they start doing. They start prowling around. A lot of people think they're prowling because they're getting horny and whatnot. Really, they're just getting dominant. They want to push those other bucks out. So you noticed before you killed Ranger that... A lot of the other mature bucks were starting to fall off the cameras in that core area. Like they weren't showing up there. Did you have any... Did you worry at all that Ranger could have been one of those deer? Because, I mean, just because an impressive rack size doesn't mean... Well, I didn't because last year he broke half his rack off. Yeah. So, yeah, so you knew he wasn't afraid. I knew he afraid. was a fighter. Yeah. and Or he wasn't afraid to fight. Yeah. Um, and the way he rutted last year, I mean, dude, the amount of pictures I got of that deer... Yeah, he was all over. I mean, he was a roamer. Mm-hmm. So I knew I had to get him killed early. So that... That early cold front was a godsend. Oh, yeah. Like, it just, that was the the key. Because, like, anybody could have got him. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it was only a 120-acre piece, and it's very narrow. Mm-hmm. It's not wide. That's 400 yards yep. wide. That's it. So a lot of people could, you know, sit here and say, well, if I could hunt that private piece, you could hunt. I could have killed him, too. Well, dude, there was a guy down the road that had all kinds of pictures of that deer. Yep. All kinds. Timing. And, you know, could have easily just as killed him as me, yep. you know. Uh, my one neighbor killed a, a deer that we had an exceptional freaking three-year-old show up after I killed Ranger. Unbelievable typical. Probably would have been the next world record typical buck. I mean, I was jacked. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, what is this deer? And he showed up after Ranger was dead, and he was sticking around. Like, that's what was impressive. Like, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. he's staying. Yeah. And because he wasn't getting kicked off. Yep. And uh, the neighbor ended up killing him. He was 174 inches as a um, basic 11. Oh. 
point on it. I mean, he was super dude. The deer was going to be insane. Mm. Like he had a frame like no other deer I've seen in years. But the dude was super happy, and it is what it is. You know, he only gets to hunt so often. So I don't own the deer. It is what it is. You take that chance. And so, you know, like passing Ranger the year before, I took a chance. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really pass him at like 20 yards or anything, but I backed off that deer. Yeah. I mean, you could have probably ended up capitalizing. I'm sure I could have. But I backed off of him, and and it paid off, you know. And and I I do remember thinking you were crazy. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, the craziest thing is, dude, is like, I actually, I actually prayed and I don't usually pray about deer much, but I, and I didn't say, God, give me this deer. But what I did do is I prayed and I said, God, you know, if you'll help this deer get through the year and I'm able to capitalize on it next year, I'll make sure that everybody knows that, you know, you, where you put your faith. Yeah. That you helped me and that, you know, I, I trusted in you and, and, and mm-hmm. you did this, you yeah. know, that you helped me get this deer and. Um, another crazy thing is, is like, bef- like, I don't know, it was, it was in September and I was writing out my tithe check at church and, and in the bottom of it, in the corner, I wrote Ranger. <laughs> in the memo? Yeah, in the memo. <laughs> and it was like, and it was just me being faithful saying, you know, I, I know you're going to bless me. Mm-hmm. With yeah. this deer, because how I believe in you and what you can do for me, and and people might think that's nuts, and it wasn't. And I don't believe in all this. These TV evangelists that are always asking you for money and plant this seed and blah blah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I get so sick of that. Yeah. This was just me thanking God ahead of time, in a sense of like, you know, it's an offering. Yeah, it's like you know, hey, thanks. Yeah. Like I, I know you're gonna bless me with this deer, yeah. and then to have killed him. Mm-hmm. The first trip out, you yeah. know, within a couple of days, it was just, man, it was an amazing yeah. thing to me. I do want to bounce this off of you real quick because I've always had this misconception of giving and tithing and all mm-hmm. this. And I've had this, like, revelation here lately where it's like, honestly, maybe we just, in a sense, kind of don't care what these people are going to do with our money, in a sense. But it's like... Obviously, you hope it's going to the right places to uh, further God's kingdom, to help ministries and whatnot. But it's more like I have offered up my salary, part of my salary, mm-hmm. part of my money as an offering to God. Like, I don't care where it goes, but that is a giving of faith. Yeah, and it's just money to begin with. Yeah, it's just money. Yeah, and it's it, and it all comes from him to start. Like, Yeah, so maybe we just kind of... And I, I've been guilty of it myself as like, well, gee, you know, what are you going to do with your money? Stuff your pockets with it? That's on them. Yeah. Well, that's just it. I mean, you know, some people don't agree. You know, it, it's like a fundraiser that I was a part of here a while back for a, a sick person. And people were kind of getting upset what they heard the people were going to use the money for, for this person that was sick. Mm-hmm. And it was more about, the person's wish, not um, bills, going to bills and stuff. It was more about getting something for them to be able to do something with it so they could go see some things. Mm-hmm. Well, when you give to something like that, you're giving from the heart. It's not up to you to decide what that money should be paid towards. Mm-hmm. Now, if you say it's a, you don't want to be donating to something that I guess doesn't align with your beliefs. Right. You know, like, yeah. I mean, I, I'll be honest. Like, I was at... Uh, 
we're not gonna we're not gonna donate to a pride event. Well, that's what I'm saying. So like here, just a while ago for Christmas shopping, and you know, and I was at uh, my son likes certain stuff from uh, oh, what is it, Air Apostle? I don't think that was the store. Um, name another one. Uh, <laughs> American, American, it wasn't American Hollister. Eagle. Hollister. Okay. It was Hollister. Hollister. And in the thing, you know, a lot of people always ask, do you want to round up or donate to? And I'm like, yeah. And then I was like, well, wait a minute. What's it for? Because I was like, at a yeah. store like that, I was like, I better ask. <laughs> and exactly what it was, what it was a, it was a thing to make um, basically transitioning gender people mm. or no confused there. people yeah. to feel more comfortable in school settings. Yeah. And I'm like, nope. Yep. And she's like, really? And I was like, no. I'm wow. like, I don't believe in that. Yeah. I'm like, I said, there's male and there's female. Yep. And I said, my God didn't mess up. And she mm-hmm. just kind of looked at me. She's like, nobody ever says no. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what? Guess what? I did. <laughs> Want me to put this back? I'm going back to the woods. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know. So, I mean, I feel like in those senses, you can make those decisions. But like, oh, yeah. if you're giving... And again, like I said, like if you're giving to a church or you're giving to an organization or a missions group, again, yes, I mean, you're giving out of your heart and that's up to them. You know, if they misuse it, mm-hmm. it's just like giving to, say, somebody begging for money on the street. If if they go use it to buy more drugs or alcohol, that's on them, not you. Yeah, You I, did what you felt was right. And, uh, you know, God's still going to honor that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been in Chronicles here lately, Second Chronicles, and... Um, there's a lot of giving and sacrificing and offering there. And it's like, uh, I, I got to one point last night where they were, uh, they were offering sheep and lambs and stuff like that with defects. They're mm. like, well, what good is that? Like, yeah. take that to your governor and see what he thinks about yeah, that. And that was, and that's the old Testament. Yeah. Stuff that's old where, Testament. Yeah. yeah. Before the new covenant. But yeah, again, I get still it. great points in yeah. the old Testament, but yeah. So <laughs> just, I don't know. I just had this like revelation. I wanted to bounce that off of you, but I've always had that like stigma of like, why do you need my money? Yeah. My but- grandma always told me, and she is, she was hundred percent right. She said, you can't outgive God. Mm-hmm. You just can't. And that has been so f- true in my life. Yep. Like, and I don't give as much as I should. I still don't. I mean, and I give a lot, yep. you know, to different things and, and I don't give it all to one place or whatever, but you know, we do a lot of helping people, things like that. And I'm not saying that for because I want glory. That's not it. Because, in fact, the Bible even talks about how, like, your your deeds should be done out of sight. Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to yep. try to help a person a lot of times, you know, you know a neighbor's struggling and they need some bills let paid. Let it be in silence. Let it be in silence and not gloatful. And, yep. you know, like, you stuff the money in their mailbox in an envelope or whatever, and it is what it is, mm-hmm. you know. Lord um, will bless you. That's right. Well, in his eyes, that's more of a... Because you're not doing it for the glory. Mm-hmm. That's why I get so sick of seeing these Instagram and Facebook posts all the time of like, look what I did for yeah. somebody. Yeah. Well, that's self-glorification. Mm-hmm. You're looking for that glory. Like, you only did that then. Such a turnoff. <laughs> yeah. You only did it to get people to say you're such a good person. Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't do it out of your kindness or your heart. Yep. You know? Well, yeah. And then you think about that person... Say it was a struggling single mother that got the money, 
and you sign it, Ben Rising, from Ben Rising. She's going to be like, oh, praise you, Ben Rising. Not if it was anonymous, be like, thank you, God. Yeah. I mean, now, I've given money to people like, you know, as Christmas gifts or helping somebody out that, you know, maybe single and have some kids. They know it's coming for me. Like, I Venmo it to them or something like that. But they're people that know me, and I love those people. Yeah. Like, they just need help. Yeah. And they know that I'm not trying to. Like, the people that truly know me know that I am not, like, looking for that praise at all. But I think those people that do truly know you, too, know where your heart is. Yeah. They know that your heart is in the Lord. Yeah, 100%. And so, you know, some days it isn't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I tried the most time, but I'll be honest, there's some days it's not. Yeah. And I'm like, Lord, you got to help me today because this is a rough one. Yeah. But... um, I do want to bring light to this book that I'm reading right now for anybody that's looking for a good read. Um, it's called, and I don't want you to like be like, oh my gosh, Dylan's having thoughts or something, but it's called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist mm. by, um, oh, I can't remember his name, doesn't matter, but it's called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, and it's really an awesome faith builder, and it kind of gives these like hard evidences towards um, God and the creation of the universe and... Um, Really, just like it's almost putting God in this seat in court, and dude, it is incredible. Yeah. Some of the evidence is because we're supposed to strengthen ourselves for people that have difficult questions for us, and we're you know we're supposed to be able to answer that. But this book will blow your freaking mind. Hmm. It is awesome. It's good. Last night they were talking about um, the the Big Bang, and basically everyone believes that. Earth had a begin had a beginning because they had found that the universe is expanding. Like right now, it is expanding. It's constantly expanding. It wasn't eternal. It's expanding, and so basically, they were like, if you hit a reverse button from where it's at right now, you will see matter start to disappear all the way down to a pen head, down to nothing, which is pretty awesome. But but then they went up and they found these radiation waves from the Big Bang with this satellite or something they found the original radiation waves from however long ago and what they're saying is from the big bang from the big bang and these are people that are atheist stephen hawking and uh they were like this is literally the find of a lifetime the find of a century and they said that those waves are so exact down to like the 10th 1000 to the 10th power of the whatever they're like if it were to vary just a fraction, then we would not be here. That's how fine-tuned it is. I mean, it is mind-blowing, some of the stuff I've read in this book so far. So let me get this straight. You're calling it the Big Bang. So you're saying that life came from the Big Bang? There was a – I'm not saying that's, like, what happened, but what they're saying, what they call the Big Bang, was creation. It started. There was a starting point, which, Mm -hmm. as Christians, we believe there was a starting point. Yeah, that's where God breathes us into existence. Exactly. So, the, I mean, what atheists call the Big Bang mm. is what I'm referring to. So there was, there's proof of a beginning. Gotcha. That's what I'm saying. They're calling it radiation waves from the Big Bang. I call it radiation waves from creation. Gotcha. Yeah, so I'm just saying. I was just trying to make sure you weren't saying we all came from the Big Bang. No, 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 no. No, I'm just saying that's what scientists refer to as the beginning was the Big Bang, which is really a big step for people yeah. to believe. What I always tell people is just think about it this way. Like, if you do believe in, you know, creation by design of God, like how I believe, 
you know, and the Bible literally talks about how in six days he created everything and mm-hmm. he literally breathed it into existence by the thought he, you know, he spoke it. Yeah. He didn't lift a finger. He spoke it into existence. Yep. And like, think about that in a sense of, you know, and on seventh day you're supposed to rest. Uh, think about what heaven looks like. Oh man. Yeah. I, and like people, you know, like you read things today, like, I don't know. Well, just like Joe Rogan's had atheists on there that, are no longer atheists because they could not prove after they really, 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 really dug into it. Yeah. They realized that there was a God. Yeah. So this just doesn't. Yeah. One of the big arguments was in this book is like, so what's more reasonable to believe that nothing created nothing or something created something, something. And it's like, eh. yeah. And I know it's hard for us to understand, but that's where faith comes in. Yeah. That's where, he can't lay it all out to where it's a hundred percent proof well, because he wants us to have free will to follow him. Yeah. Well that and like God just always was. And we don't understand that. We never will understand that. Yeah. That's where you just have to have faith. And it's like um and that's hard for some people, you mm-hmm. know. What I can't understand is how the people that experienced Jesus for real personally in life back in the day watched him heal people do this and that could possibly think that he wasn't who he was. That just shows us how flawed we are. Yeah, that's what I'm humans, saying. Like, yeah. how could that possibly be? Like, man, like, that would change me forever if I saw somebody be able to work a miracle like mm-hmm. that. And some it did. You know, and it, but so I'm going to tell this story quick and, you know, we'll try to get off the whole religious thing. But hold on one second. I do encourage people to read that book, it'll blow your minds. I'm yeah. telling you. Okay. It takes more faith to be an atheist than it does to believe in God. Yeah. So I posted a story, um, picture of a story here a while back. I I went to Iowa for like three and three and a half four days. It wasn't very good. Deercast said it sucked and it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Got that one right. <laughs> <laughs> but I went anyways because it was the time I had, and uh, there really was no food on the farm. I was able to hunt or anything, so it didn't really work out that well, and um, got my butt kicked. But on the way back, I was on the phone with Dan. Or no, who? I was on the phone with Dan, and somebody else buzzed in, and I was on the phone with him for quite some time. And I had my phone on my dash, and it was covering the fuel gauge. And I have a diesel, and I wasn't paying attention. And I don't know if it was because of Bluetooth or what, but like usually your truck will give you a dinger, and it didn't. And I should have known, anyways, because I'd been driving a while and I just wasn't paying attention. And once I got off the phone, instantly it started going off. And then I was looking and I was like, oh, my gosh, like I am below empty. And diesels, you don't want to run them out. And because, you know, you go through a lot of problems if you got to bleed the lines. And with these newer vehicles, I don't even know how to do that. I haven't even tried. So I'm like, oh, man. So I got to pull off. So and I'm going around. I'm going through basically outskirts of Peoria and it says there's a shell station at this exit. So I pull off into this shell station. And when I'm at the light, my truck goes into limp mode. It says I can only accelerate to a certain degree because it's that low. Like it senses. So I limp into this gas station, three lights down. And that's all it freaking was, was a gas station. Mm. No diesel fuel. Mm. So your heart starts going, oh, crap. 
you know, I don't have a can. A lot of times I carry diesel fuel with me because of what I do. You're a long way from home. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm still eight hours, seven hours away from home and it's, it's nighttime. You know, it's like seven 30 at night. I'm like, dang it. And so I go in there and go up to the counter and I was like, you guys don't have diesel. And he's like, no, we don't have diesel. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I was like, is there any diesel around? No, 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 no. And I'm like, gosh, darn it. And so I look on my phone, and, like, the nearest one is, like, a couple miles. And I just not even saying if it has diesel. So I call them, and he's like, nope, we don't have it either. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? So I'm sitting there freaking out. So I get back in my truck. I try to call a tow company. And I call them, and this lady answers. She's a foreigner. And she cannot understand what I'm trying to explain to her. I'm like, I just need somebody to bring me five gallons of diesel fuel. That's all I need. I don't need a tow. I don't need – she couldn't get it through her head, what I needed. So I got frustrated, and I just mm-hmm. like – you know, this is – she was asking me for all this information. And I'm like, is this even legit? You don't even know what I'm talking about. So I hung up. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I, so then I was just like, well, I was like, Lord, I need your help. You're mm-hmm. going to have to help me fix my stupid mistake. Like I just never thought I'd be in this position. I need you to help me. And I said, so can you, you know, give me some direction or, you know, give me some help. I could use it right now. Mm-hmm. And so I get out of my truck. I'm looking around, like, who can I ask for some help? And there's, like, six people to, at these gas pumps. And get you, I'm in downtown Peoria. People are out Christmas shopping. And I'm looking at all these. I'm just, like, gauging these people that are at the pumps. And a couple of them are women. I'm like, I'm not going to ask them. Yeah. You know, and a couple of them were like in suits and like just got off the office work, whatever. I was like, I'm not going to ask them. And You're I just kind of reading the situation. Yeah. And I see this one guy standing there and he's got a beard. It's got a vest on, like a, looks like a vest almost a lot like what you have on right now, like mm-hmm. a, almost like a Carhartt vest. Strapping fella, though. Yeah. And, uh, and he's got a uh, toboggan on, but he's pumping gas into a little tiny car. And I'm like, well, he looks about as country as I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. So I go walking up to this dude. This is like, this is so crazy. I get within five feet of this guy. He turns and looks at me and he goes, are you Ben Rising? (laughs) And dude, I'm like. How crazy is that? I was like, dude, dude? I'd be Betty Crocker right now if that was what it took. (laughs) But I was like, yes, I actually am. And he's like, man, I watch your stuff all the time. And like, just goes crazy. I actually saw that he commented on our YouTube. Did he? Yeah. Okay. He is the nicest guy ever. So I'm telling him what my situation is. Long story short, obviously, he's more than willing to help. He mm-hmm. opens the door and he's like, honey, this guy's going to go with us. And she's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and his wife's name's Heather. Mm-hmm. This is this guy's name's Paul. And, uh, dude, it was just, I, I don't know how else. That was God. Yeah. Like, that just don't happen. Out of 20,000 people within five miles of there, the guy happens to I walk else. up to the one guy at the exact time that I needed the help at the exact spot. Picked him out of the pumps, and he was the guy at that gas station, and he knew me before I even asked him a question. That's nuts. Like, that's how God works. You told me the story briefly, but now that you're telling me again, I'm like, it's even sitting in more. I'm like, that is nuts. So then we go running around. He runs me around. We get a fuel can. We get diesel fuel. We get fuel in my truck, and it takes a little bit for it to pick the fuel up, but it finally starts, and we're good to go. So... Then I go over and I hug his wife, you know, tell her thank you. And, you know, and then I take Paul over to my trailer and 
and I give him a brand new set of sticks and a tree stand, mm-hmm. Novix tree stand. And dude, he's just like, dude, you don't have to do this. I was like, no. I was like, you deserve it, bro. Like seriously, like good deeds like this. And you know, God put you in my path. And I said, you, this is the, this is the least I can do. Yeah, man. But it was so cool. That is like, incredible. I mean, so me and him hugged and it, it was just awesome. Yeah. Like, I, and I got in the truck and I just thanked the Lord and I was like, dude, you really amaze me sometimes. Like when we really do need you help, like if we really do ask, you are an ever present help in trouble. Yeah. And and sometimes those answers aren't always that defined. They're not direct sometimes. It's, yeah. Like that's what people sometimes got to understand. They're not always that direct at times or they're not always that instant. Sometimes the but, answer is no. Yeah. Sometimes it's maybe. Sometimes it's I mean, not yes. It's like, you know, we have an issue with somebody in our family right now that's dealing with a lot of problems and you know and the answer's been no for a long time yeah. but we're not yet it's not keeping us from praying mm-hmm. you know just yeah. not happening like it's just not his timing yet yeah. so but you just got to stay faithful but in, in instances sometimes he gives you those direct yeah. like just stay faithful and yeah. dude that is that like we need those sometimes oh man it was unbelievable yeah like I mean the chances of that are like winning the Powerball mm-hmm. yeah Literally, like yeah. if you think about it. Yeah, I mean, I, dude, a lot of people know you, but it's not like you're. Yeah, I'm not like Michael Jordan or yeah. Michael Waddell or Mark Dury. Yeah, you know, I mean, geez. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's nuts. It was. That's insane. how our God. That's how our God works. Yeah, man. but him to sit there and go, "Are you Ben Rising?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir, buddy. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> it was insane. That is nuts, man. It was. I'll never. Forget. I bet you about just froze like. What? I, I was like. Yeah. <laughs> that is nuts. And you are? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> no, dude. it was so cool. Shout out to you, Paul. Yeah. You're the best, Paul and Heather. So, yeah, it was, it was, a, and it was fun because, like, we were riding around in his little car and he's shifting gears, <laughs> zipping around town, you know, and I haven't rode in a little car like that forever. <laughs> but it was, it was a good time. It was 40, 40 minutes out of my life that will remain in my life forever. Yeah. That's really cool, man. You know, but that's uh, special. But yeah, so I guess moving on, we got to get cooking here. But, um, you know, curious what your guys' thoughts are about how we're doing the episodes, getting them out early, a little bit shorter. Give us your thoughts. What do you think about doing some stuff next year, a little bit more real time if we get a chance to, if Javen's able to, you know, run with me and you you guys will be doing stuff. Um, just, you know, I'm just curious what people want to see. Mm-hmm. I think know? it'll work out good, honestly. I, I really do. I mean, we haven't even talked about it. This is the first time I've yeah, heard about it. No, I, it's, I, I like think it's to, a great idea. I like to throw things on you. Yeah. We're in the middle of a podcast. Guess what, Dylan? Uh, I got a new I got a new editor. <laughs> <laughs> we got some big changes here at Whitetail yeah, Edge. Yeah. You're no longer a part of it, so. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, turn in your computer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. No. We, uh, so anyway, I'm, I don't know when I should release this. I almost feel like, I mean, I'm not going to have you to got, edit it. Yeah. I could literally put it out right now. The only problem with that is, is like we like to be able to push it. I guess I could push it tomorrow, but um, my episode drops for my Ohio deer drops in like five hours. Yeah, as of now, Clyde. Yep. Um, so I'll be anxious to hear you guys' feedback on that. It's a twenty-eight minute long episode, so it's not super long, but I could have put a lot more into it. I had a crazy story with the deer. Um, really fun story. But um, it's pretty right to the point, so I hope you guys enjoy it and let us know what you think about it. 
But I'll probably just go ahead and put this podcast out now. I might as well. Yeah, it's fine. And uh, it's pretty you know, simple to just to drop an intro in. And yeah, we appreciate everybody. We appreciate all the sponsors. You know, and again, um, you know, we don't really have sponsors for this podcast, so we don't do a lot of commercials with that. You know, but I think everybody, you can go to our website. You can see who our sponsors are for our show. And uh, we have also a code page where you can get some promo codes to save yourself some money on certain things. Um, but I think most part, the people that, you know, know who we are, they know what we use. And moving into January, you know, we'll start, you know, we'll have a few different sponsors added to that page. Uh, that's something we should probably call Wes on today and get mm-hmm. that taken care of. Um, but yeah, so looking forward to some new things this year and, you know, bringing you some cool content, hopefully. Yep. And, and I'll, uh, I'll be at the Iowa Deer Classic too, doing some seminars and Dylan will be there with me. Are we doing Illinois? No. Oh, we're not. No. Okay. They, being I did it last year, he said he'd rather have me just do Iowa this year and then maybe go back to Illinois okay. next year or something. There was a guy that sat front row last year at Illinois and, um, you would know him if you saw him. But he messaged me on Instagram literally yesterday. Uh, Travis Lee is his name. And he was asking if um, we were going to do um, Illinois again. I was surprised that you, you remember, didn't. You probably remember this guy. Here's his picture. Oh, yeah. Remember him? Yeah. But he was uh, really looking forward to us being in Illinois. I said, I'm not sure, but I know we're definitely doing Iowa. Yeah. I, I was kind of surprised, too, because we packed that room. Yeah. Yeah, it turned out great. But I think John's idea was like he didn't like to do the same guys all the time, mm-hmm. you know, just in case. But I was more or less thinking, well, I could do a different seminar. Yeah. You know, but uh, I'm excited to do Iowa Deer Classic. And mm-hmm. we will do the same seminars we did in Illinois last year at Deer Classic because they were good. Yeah. You know, the scrapes, hunting mock scrapes and scrapes and calling deer, two different types. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to bring something to your attention. This is season nine. Yeah. Dude, we're going to be, we're moving into filming your 10th season. Yeah, it's crazy. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. 10 years. That's why I'm so gray. <laughs> oh, white haired Ben. That's crazy, though. Yeah, Grizzly Adams. Dwayne likes to say you look like a Q tip. A Q tip. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dwayne. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting old. Man, that's crazy, though. 10 years, 10 I'll seasons. I'll be 50 in July. 10, yeah, 19th. Yeah, July 19th. I'll be 50. Man. I don't feel 50. Yeah. I just look 50. You get around pretty good for 50. I try. but Well, hey, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the White Tail Edge Podcast. We appreciate all your support. Um, do us a favor. Um, share this podcast. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if you like podcasts or subscribe to them or whatever. Leave us a review. It really helps us out. We're trying to get this thing up and rolling. And uh, go to our YouTube, Mossy Go, Carbon TV. You can find our show on DeerCast. So there's so many different outlets where you can go watch our show. Uh, We really appreciate all the support. If you do watch it, do all that mumbo-jumbo. Give us a comment. I hate being like that, but it really helps us out a lot and kind of gets the ball rolling. So we really appreciate you guys. And thank you for listening to the White Tail Edge Podcast. See you all.